Podcast. I want to thank you for joining me again. I know it's been a while. I haven't put out a new episode in about three weeks, and I'm really sorry about that. I just, you know, Thanksgiving came and went, been busy with a lot of stuff at work. Um, and honestly, I tried to record a couple of different times, but for whatever reason, my my computer wasn't recording the stuff, so I wound up having to record two or three different times in one night. And then I just kind of got, I was like, okay, whatever, fuck it. And I just, and then a week turned into two weeks, turned into three weeks, but I'm sorry, but I'm back now. You know, we're going to try to get more consistent videos and, and uh, podcasts up to you, you know, going forward. And let me, you know, the mic, I haven't used the mic in a couple weeks either. It's a little bit too close to my face. But uh, no, nah, it's, it's good to be back, guys. Um, so what's happened? What have I missed? <laughs> um, Yeah, lots happened basketball-wise. And I'm talking right now on uh, the Thursday before the NBA preseason begins. Preseason begins tomorrow, Friday the 11th. And man, we're already back into it, Okay. Basketball games are starting, the NBA starting, and the Lakers play the Clippers tomorrow in preseason. Um, I'm so excited, you guys. It looks like the Lakers are going to be able to go back-to-back. And that's mainly because of the main topic of this podcast, which is Mr. Rob Palinka, the GM of your Los Angeles Lakers. And Jesus, this guy's just... What a magician this guy is, okay? Unbelievable what this guy's been able to do as a GM ever since Magic Johnson left. He just proves time and time again that he is just head and shoulders smarter than everybody else in the league. And the fact that he was still ranked 7th of all executives in executive of the year voting this past NBA season is a complete travesty. And everybody that did not vote for Rob Palenka should be, uh, I guess, not allowed to vote anymore. Even though that award is kind of given, you know, it's, it's awarded based off of votes from your peers. So other NBA executives didn't vote for him. And that's just pure jealousy because he's the GM for the Lakers. And if you refer to one of my previous podcast episodes, people hate the Lakers. For whatever reason, people just aren't, they they love when we're down and they hate when we're good. But you know who likes when we're good? The NBA. The NBA markets a lot of their shit around the Lakers being good and they have for years. That's why, you know, you know during those, those that run that the, the Warriors were having during this past decade, the numbers of the NBA were good, but they weren't. They still weren't great because it wasn't the Lakers. It wasn't like the Celtics. You know, I mean, it was LeBron, and people love LeBron, but more people are going to tune into. I think there. I think it was David Stern who had the best quote for this maybe 15, 20 years ago. Somebody asked him for the NBA to make the most money in the finals. What is the best matchup that you can have in an NBA finals for the NBA to generate the most revenue? And David Stern famously said, "Lakers versus Lakers." So, I mean, you know, we're, we're the darlings of the NBA, and for good reason. I mean, you know, we're tied with the Celtics now in most championships. We have the most stars ever for one franchise. I mean, you know, starting with George Mikan, you know, Jerry West, Elgin Baylor, Gail Goodrich, Wilt Chamberlain, on and on and on, all the way to LeBron James and Anthony Davis now. But we're going to talk about Rob Palenka, all right? The man, the myth, the legend, the, the best friend of, of the beloved and late Kobe Bryant, Rob Palinka is just, what a genius this guy is, okay? Last year, they were kind of in the 11th hour waiting to get Kawhi Leonard, wound up putting together, you know, a, a ragtag gang of a team, and won the championship. Made a couple key signings in the uh, during the regular season, like Markeith Morris, you know, a couple, a couple other guys, and, you know, basically won, won the title in a very, very difficult season, arguably the most difficult season ever played in NBA history, given that... There was a four-month break in between, and the bubble aspect of it was something that was so unprecedented that we weren't sure how people were going to react to that. So fast forward to, to this offseason, okay? 
And I know that on my previous podcast, Ethan and I, thank you again, Ethan Neal, shout out Ethan Valtierra, for talking about NBA free agency and stuff. We talked about how, you know, the Lakers, how we had signed Montrezl Harrell, how we had signed Wesley Matthews, we signed Dennis Schroeder. And turns out, you know, and then we and we also I believe I believe that podcast we also set, uh, found out that we signed Marcus Gasol. What an amazing like couple of weeks it had been for us, you know, like that was a crazy week. It went uh, trades were being be, uh, trades were able to be happening. We had the NBA draft and then we had free agency like all in one week. And literally, you know, I think it was eighty five percent of rosters were completely you know filled by the end of that Sunday, which is just unprecedented. You know, normally in a regular season. You have that moratorium period between July 1st and July 7th when nobody can sign anybody, but you can agree on deals. And then after that, there's like, you know, three, four weeks, sometimes five, until all rosters are completely uh, full. So it was really fun to watch the Lakers roster just kind of shape take shape right before our very eyes. And it just got more and more interesting, right? We traded JaVale McGee away for Alfonso McKinney and Jordan Bell, wound up waving Jordan Bell. Dwight Howard went to the 76ers, you know, Danny Green's in the Sixers. Uh, we re-signed Quinn Cook, which, I mean, that's fine. He's just going to be a deep bench guy anyways. We're, we re-signed Jared Dudley and Markeith Morris, was I w- which I'm very happy about. Markeith Morris is a great player. Really underrated. So we got him for basically $2 million, the vet minimum, and he's definitely worth more than the vet minimum. But basically he's saying, you know, I'm going to run it back. I'm going to get another title, and I'm really excited about that. We got Jared Dudley back, who's very important. Um, and Ethan and I talked about this in the last pod. He does a lot for the team that you don't... He's not going to show up in the box score ever, right? He's not there for that reason. He's basically become our de facto Udonis Haslam, you know, similar to what the Miami Heat have. He's a great bench guy, a great guy to talk to your team, a great guy for team chemistry. And Rob Palinka really, really thinks that the reason why the Lakers were so effective in that bubble is because the team chemistry was so strong. And it was a close-knit group of guys who believed in each other, who really had no beef. And he said a lot of that was because of Jared Dudley's personality, you know, the, the person he is, the way he works, his mentality, how professional he is. And and those are things that are incalculable, but they're really important for an NBA team, especially an NBA team with just this much talent, man. We are just so fucking stacked. It's ridiculous. Another thing, another reason why Jared Dudley's um, important to the team I was listening on ESPN Radio, I believe. God, I guess it's been two weeks, you know, since, I guess, two weeks, yeah. It was uh, the, the Tuesday before Thanksgiving because I was going to go drive to help my grandma run an errand. And uh, I was listening to Wesley Matthews on ESPN 710. And they asked him, you know, who's the one that kind of pitched you the idea of coming to the Lakers? And he was like, you know, I, you know, everyone gave a little bit, but honestly, the, the biggest proponent for the Lakers was, was Jared Dudley. And I think John Ireland and Steve Mason, the host of that show, were like, oh, really? And he was like, yeah. You know, Jared Dudley just kind of told me what it's like to be a Laker, how the Laker management really, you know, respects their players. They let you know everything that's going on. The, you know, the training staff is top notch. And I guess he kind of sold him up the idea of being a Laker, which, I mean, I feel like even if you hated the Lakers growing up, it's almost impossible to turn down an opportunity to play for the purple and gold. It's like playing for the Yankees, right? I mean, I hate the Yankees, but I can understand there would be an appeal to say, to tell your kids or grandkids one day, you know, I was a member of the New York Yankees. I got to rock the pinstripes. It's the same thing with the Lakers, you know, getting to wear the purple and gold. It It's iconic. It's, it's something that not everyone's ever going to be able to say that they did. And I think that it's really cool. So it's just one of those things. But uh, 
I'm just really overall like I just can't believe Rob Polinka did the job that he did. It's it's absolutely phenomenal. You know, so we we lost all these guys, but somehow we just improved as a team. I we got so much better. It's unreal. Like Okay, with with Marcus on the floor now, we're going to be able to do so much more than when we had Dwight Howard and JaVel McGee. It's just going to be unreal how what we're going to be able to do. So I'm assuming that for this Lakers starting lineup, given that Dennis Schroeder has said that he wants he wants to start, the starting lineup is going to look like this. It's going to be Marcus Gasol at the five, Anthony Davis at the four, LeBron playing you know de facto small forward point guard. I, my guess is you'll have either uh, you'll my guess is you'll have uh, you'll have KCP there or Wesley Matthews, either one, and then Dennis Schroeder. So immediately the starting lineup becomes way more potent offensively. Last season when you were starting JaVale McGee. JaVale McGee basically occupied the, the, the lane when he was on offense. He could not space the floor. He was there for basically rebounds, you know, tip dunks, and a little bit of rim protection, okay? Already with Marcus Saul, Marcus Saul is like a 36% three-point shooter. He can go out and play on the, on the three-point line and outside of the paint, leaving the middle open for Anthony Davis and LeBron James. Or if he wants, he plays in the post, Anthony Davis and LeBron James play out. There are so many different ways that you can run this now because of the skill set that Marcus Gasol gives you. It just makes it way. That is a lot of fun. And given that Marcus Gasol is, you know, Pau Gasol's brother, and because you know what we've all watched Marcus Gasol, he's a former Defensive Player of the Year, former All Star. You know, he knows how to play basketball. <laughs> so he's a high IQ player. He's going to be playing with other high IQ players like LeBron, like AD, you know, Caruso. These guys that. Really under yes, I said Caruso. Okay, Caruso is a high basketball IQ player. There's a reason why him and LeBron had the highest PER together, or I guess efficiency together of any duo in the NBA because Caruso knows how to play basketball. Okay, he understands the game on a cerebral level, and that's not a you know that's that's not something a lot of NBA players or even players in general can say that they know how to do. Basketball is a very cerebral game. Yeah, it's okay. It's an athletic game, but if you can outsmart your opponents and think two or three moves ahead of the other one, kind of like in chess, more often than not, you're going to be very successful. That's why Steve Nash, as unathletic as he was, was so successful because Steve Nash is one of the smartest players to ever play the game. But my point being, Marcus adding Marcus Gasol to this mix just makes us so much more potent. He can shoot threes. He can pass the ball. He's an amazing passer. Great defender. He's still seven foot one, and he just gives us a big body presence. And it's not wasted space like it was with Javale McGee, where Javale McGee was a complete liability, you know, on the offensive end unless he was dunking the ball. He had no post moves, nothing. So you clear out Javale McGee and Danny Green, and uh, who else would be starting? It would have been Avery Bradley, and basically you insert Marcus and Dennis Schroeder, and potentially Wesley Matthews with LeBron James and Anthony Davis. That is phenomenal. Okay. That is absolutely absurd that we're able to do that. And we're not even getting to the bench yet. So on the bench, you'll have potentially KCP, Kyle Kuzma, Montrez Harrell. You'll have, uh, I'm looking at my list over here. You'll have, uh, you know, potentially uh, Wesley Matthews, Alfonso McKinney, who's a good bench player. You have Markeith Morris. You'll have Talon Horton Tucker, who's the 20-year-old, just turned 20 years old. He was the youngest player drafted two drafts ago when we drafted him in the second round. And he's six foot five with a seven foot one wingspan. So this kid's got just freakishly long arms, right? But he showed a little bit of what he's got in that bubble. And man, this kid can play. You can just tell by just looking at his game that this kid knows how to play basketball and he's he has the potential to play at a really high level. I, I don't know exactly what his role is gonna be. I can see him being a scoring guy, 
somebody that's just going to get you a bucket. I can tell he's going to be a really good defender because of the long arms and his, you know, his strong frame. And he's just going to continue to build out that frame and get even stronger and I believe quicker because of his, you know, his long limbs and everything like that. But he's a really exciting player, and the Lakers brass and coaching staff are, are really high on him, and he's for sure going to be getting minutes this year. Which leads me to my next point. I believe that Rob Polinka knew that the Lakers needed to get younger. They needed to get stronger. They needed to get quicker. They needed to be able to be more um, diverse in how they play their style because the first, you know, I believe the first month, month and a half of the season, they're not going to be playing LeBron and Anthony Davis that many minutes. I'd have to guess between 20 and 25 and give everybody else the bulk of the minutes. That way they can kind of ease their bodies back into you know, uh, normal minutes because they just basically, you know, 70 days ago, you know, they completely worked their asses off and won an NBA title, giving it everything that they got, especially LeBron. LeBron literally, you know, put his blood, sweat, and tears on that court to get the Lakers at NBA title, you know, 17th. So I think Rob Polinka was so genius in making sure that he was able to orchestrate these deals, you know, these signings and all this because he knows that, hey, my two stars, my two best players – they're probably going to be, you know, kind of tired the first month and a half. I want to make sure that we bring them along nice and slowly. We don't need them to score 30, 35 points a night in the beginning of the season because I need them later on because the plan is to two-peat. We're going to go back-to-back, and I want to make sure that my two guys that, that led us to the championship this year are going to be able to do it next year. So I'm just, you know, it's it's just one of those things where I don't know how this guy gets any hate, man. The best thing that could have happened to Rob Palenka is Magic Johnson quitting and saying that there was a snake and that he was a snake and all that. Because what happened was the expectations for Rob Palenka went low, right? No one expected anything from him. I know I didn't. But at the same time, I didn't expect anything from him. But I also knew that Magic Johnson was full of shit, okay? Magic Johnson was afraid of the work. He didn't really... He traded away, you know, D'Angelo Russell for basically nothing, Um said he was a, a bad leader and I you don't you don't necessarily say those things about a guy you had spoken so highly of before. He told Lonzo Ball he wants his number to be retired in the you know in the in the Raptors and everything. You don't say that to people. You know, it's he's he's say what you want about Magic Johnson, you know, the player. He's one of the greatest players of all time, but he's kind of like a he's more of a character in my opinion now. Obviously I didn't grow up in the eighties, I didn't watch that. But my knowledge of him is of being a businessman, you know, schmoozing the cameras Magic loves him some magic, okay? That's for sure. That's a given, right? Magic Johnson loves him some Magic Johnson. So anything to boost his personal brand, I believe he was going to do it. And that's basically why he left the Lakers. He wanted to be able to give advice and talk to other NBA players without, you know, being uh, having to subdue to the rules of the NBA in terms of tampering and stuff like that. So, but because of that, we got Rob Polinka, and Rob Polinka's a genius and I think what's what's amazing is I didn't know we were going to sign Markeith Morris. I didn't know we were getting Marcus Saul. I didn't know any of these things, right? Somehow they were able to move in silence, do everything below the radar, no one saying anything, and all of a sudden results just happen. Things just start happening. And in today's NBA and today's, you know, cultural landscape with all the social media, you know, Twitter, Instagram, you know, Woj bombs, when Woj, when Woj does bombs on things that aren't even trades, he does it on news. The fact that all these these signings and, and you know the JaVale McGee trade kind of just all of a sudden happened without any you know lead up. 
I don't know how we, I don't know how they're doing it. They're just they're just working hard. They're just doing the work, you know. Signing Frank Vogel was Rob Palinka, amazing signing. Frank Vogel is an amazing coach. He works his ass off. He's a defensive minded coach. And it's smart to get a defensive minded coach because what you're saying is, you know what? I have LeBron James and Anthony Davis. I don't really have to worry about scoring. We'll do that. What I want to do is make sure that we perfect the defensive end. That way, it makes it impossible for other teams to score against us. And we're just going to be scoring all the time, and they're not going to be able to stop AD and LeBron. So it's just, it's. I'm just excited, you guys. I'm really happy for, for Rob Polinka. Rob Polinka has kind of been in the public eye since the early 90s when he was on the, the Michigan Wolverines team that was part of the Fab Five. Shout out to you, Tommy. Every, I feel like every time I got I do a Michigan reference, I got to shout out Mr. Uh, Mr. Tommy. Uh, <laughs> it's just it's just one of those things that's going to happen. So, uh, But, nah, you guys, I, I'm excited for this season. I'm excited to get this thing going. The 22nd, we got our first game. Um, I expect us to win again. I expect us to win the title again. We are head and shoulders above every other team. I'm not afraid of the fake. I mean, the Clippers. <laughs> I'm not afraid of the Warriors. You know, I I feel sorry for Clay Thompson, one of my favorite players, probably one of the good guys in the league. Um, I feel bad for him, but the, I'm not afraid of the, of the Warriors. You know, they still got Draymond Green trying to shoot jump shots with the backpack on. Um, <laughs> I'm not afraid of the Nets. I don't know what Kyrie Irving can't stay healthy. He won't stay healthy. I don't know what Kevin Durant has left in the tank with, you know, coming back from a uh, from an Achilles big deal. Yeah, I think it was an Achilles. Or was it an ACL? Somebody correct me on uh, on Instagram. Instagram is cam.cast, by the way. That's at cam.cast. K-A-M dot K-A-S-T. But not, you know, anytime I get something wrong, let me know. Because I'm human. Um, a lot of this stuff I'm just saying straight from my head. So there's a chance I can get it wrong. It's not always wrong. I'd say maybe 15 to 20% of the time I, I say something incorrectly. And that's fine. Just let me know. Um, apparently on the previous one with Ethan, I said that Anthony Edwards went to Alabama, which was, which is definitely incorrect. He went to Georgia. So I just got to, you know, correct that one. But, uh, not guys, I'm super excited. Uh, the NBA season is going to be really interesting this year. And I, you know, Westbrook's on the, on the wizards. I called that on the last podcast as it was happening. Uh, you know, we don't know what's going to happen with James Harden. Not sure who's going to come out of the East. It could be anybody. I if I had to, I'm gonna pick you know four teams from each league. West is I got you know Lakers, the Nuggets for sure. Um, I think the Suns will be a seven seed. They won't be higher than that. Um, if I had to guess, I'd say the Clippers will be a four seed, and the three seed I think will be Portland. I think Portland will be back to their relevance again. Um, the Rockets, I don't know what that is. It's a, it could be a dumpster fire. The Thunder, I don't know what that is like at all. Pelicans, I have no idea what that is. I just I don't know. Um, they have they have like a million players in that team that can play. So I don't know how, and with Stan Van Gundy being their coach, I just don't know what that's gonna look like. You know that could be a a huge mess there. So it's but Lakers will come out of the West. And these are my predictions, obviously. Um, East, I got the Nets. They'll probably be in the top four seed if Kevin Durant's healthy. If Kevin Durant's healthy, uh, probably the uh, the Celtics. I like the addition of Tristan Thompson. I think that's a good starting center for them. Big upgrade over Daniel Theis. And I think that he, you know, gives them better rebounding, a better, you know, shot blocker, all that stuff. So I think that's actually a really underrated signing by them. Um, I like the Bucks because of the Drew Holiday thing, but they're not going to win. You know, I, I don't, that's, that's not going to happen. Sixers won't be there because Ben Simmons can't shoot threes and he refuses to shoot threes. But if he shot threes, he'd be really good. Uh, I think the Wizards will probably be the eighth seed. 
uh, Westbrook and Bradley, Bradley Beal have some potential to get some wins there. I don't know what the Hornets are. Uh, oh, the Heat. The Heat will be in that top four mix. I believe that they're a great team, and they play really hard. They play together, and Jimmy Butler's a, a great leader. So, uh, so in the finals, I got Lakers taking on the Celtics. I got to take on the Celtics, and it's poetic. It's 17 championships against 17 championships, and we got our 18th against the Celtics. I think that's what's going to happen this year. I think the Celtics are, it's almost their time to get there. They've been kind of right on the, you know, right on the doorstep, knocking on the door for the last five, six years, even back when they had Isaiah Thomas, their starting point guard. I think it's Lakers-Celtics. I think Lakers take it all. Uh, uh, LeBron will get MVP. AD will get Defensive Player of the Year. Rob Polinka, Executive of the Year. All the awards they should have gotten fucking last year. But, uh, yeah, guys, obviously I'm excited. You know, I'm glad to be back doing the podcast. Uh, nice three weeks off, but we're gonna be we're gonna be hitting the ground running. We'll be rolling a lot more pretty soon. I uh, wanted to start off with a kind of a short one, get you guys engaged, get you guys ready for the NBA season. If you have questions for me, if you have topics you want me to cover, hit me up on Camcast, guys, on the Instagram. That's cam.cast at K-A-M as in Mary dot K-A-S-T. It's Camcast. And make sure you're following on all platforms, you know, Spotify. Apple Podcasts, check me out on YouTube. Uh, you can see my dumbass face on there on the YouTube videos, or if you're already watching, what's up? But, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, I want to thank everybody for, uh, for all the support. I, I put out an Instagram post, I believe it was last week. We hit 1,000 uh, uh, listens on the podcast, guys. That's that's just the audio. That's not the YouTube. And I, I think that's really, really cool. You know, I started this thing back in June. It's been a pipe dream of mine for, God, almost two, three years. It's something I've always wanted to really do. And it just means a, a lot from the bottom of my heart that you guys are, you know, taking the time to listen to to me put out the good word about sports, movies, or, you know, just, you know, life. You know, I, I'll, I'll be here for that. And I, again, I, you know, there's there's no me without, you know, some of the comments and stuff that you guys have been putting through. And I, I really appreciate that. Keeps me going, keeps me moving forward, and really makes me feel like I'm doing something that's, you know, positive and that's fun. That people are really enjoying. So, you know, I, I appreciate that. And that's that's all you guys. So, as always, you guys... Thanks for listening. Peace and love. Thanks.